the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor of Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. I'm Joshua Sasso, and I'm going to be filling in for Pastor Chris this week. So today we are going to be continuing the theme of listening to the Holy Spirit. For the past couple of weeks, Pastor Chris has been talking about the importance of being led by the Holy Spirit, about allowing God to lead us, to guide us, and how we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. She talked about, you know, how each of the judges, when they did those works, when they were led to judge Israel, that God empowered them and that the Spirit of the Lord came down on them. And that's what we need to bring forth change in this nation. It's not going to come forth by anything that we understand, anything we know. It's going to come forth by the leading of the Holy Spirit and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So before I continue, I just want to remind you guys that if you missed any of our previous broadcasts or if you just want to get caught up, we keep our most recent podcasts online on our website. You can visit www.sogmi.org, and if you go to the section labeled Media, under Media, there's a little category called Podcasts. And in that section, we keep all the most recent episodes of the prophetic voice of our time. You can listen to them whenever you want. You can even download them to your computer. So if you ever want to get caught up or you want to re-listen to any of our broadcasts, I encourage you, go to our website, www.sogmi.org, and take a listen there. On our theme of listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying the Holy Spirit, if we turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15, Samuel gives a direction to Saul, who at the time is the king of Israel. It says in verse 1, Samuel said to Saul, I'm the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people, Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 from Judah. Saul went to the king of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, go away, leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites, all the way from Havala to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. 
He took Agag, king of the Malachites, alive, and all of his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag, and the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak they totally destroyed. So here, Saul did two things that disobeyed the commandment of the Lord. He spared their king, Agag, and he took the best of the sheep, the cattle, and the livestock. Verse 10 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I regret that I have made Saul king, because he turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry, and he cried out to the Lord all night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle I hear? Saul answered, The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. So what is Saul doing here? He's deferring responsibility away from himself. If we look at the earlier passage, in verse 9 it says, But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle. But when Saul said to Samuel, he said, The soldiers did this. See, he's deferring responsibility away from himself, even though he was a part of it. And the difference is, Saul is the king. He could have made the order that they would follow the instructions to the letter any time he wanted to, but he did not. So in verse 16, Samuel replies, Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, Go and completely destroy these wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission that the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldier took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. So here Saul is doing two things. Not only is he pushing off responsibility from himself and trying to put it on the soldiers, but then he's also trying to justify it by saying, oh, but we are also sacrificing them to God. See, this is what Saul's thought process is. You see, you have to take this from the context of the times. Why would Saul spare Agag? Perhaps he thought maybe it was a good political move, maybe a good strategy. Hey, if I take their king, perhaps this can benefit me in some way. And then when he looked at the livestock, and remember, they didn't just keep any of the livestock. They kept the best livestock, the fattest of the calves, the best sheep. Why? Because perhaps he saw them as a good investment. See, back in the time, livestock were very valuable. So he thought, hey, this can bring me profit. This is an investment that I can gain from. And how often do we do this in our own businesses? Rather than heeding the word of the Lord, we say, God, 
I'm going to do this according to my knowledge and understanding, but I'll still tithe for you. That's what Saul did. Saul said, hey, I'm going to go do this thing, but we're still going to offer them as sacrifices to God. God's still going to benefit from it. I'm still doing a good thing in the eyes of the Lord. See, we can't just do whatever we want and then try and gloss it over with superficial spirituality. We can't just say, God, I'm going to do whatever I want with my business, but I'll still give you my tithe. The same thing goes for our families and for our relationships. Sometimes we say, God, I don't want to let go of this thing, but I'm still going to fast and pray. It's so easy to treat these sacrifices or these actions as if they're some sort of currency. That if we do these certain things, if we sacrifice these certain things, then God has to do this for us. Or God has to do this other thing that we want. Oh God, you want me to fast? Okay, I'll fast, but you have to give me this thing. But the problem is, is that it's elevating ourselves. It's elevating our own thing, our own ways above God's ways. And in the case of Saul, he just thought that, hey, if I sacrifice to God the things that I took, then it'll be okay. But in 1 Samuel 15.22, it says that Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Pastor Chris has said this many times, but you see, our currency is not sacrifices that we give to the Lord. Our currency is not fasting. Our currency is not the things that we give up. Pastor Chris has said this many times, our language is love, and our currency is faith and obedience to Jesus Christ. See, Pastor Chris has been saying for many, many months now that the transfer of wealth is coming, but it's coming to those who have been faithful and those who have been obedient. We cannot just insist on doing our own thing and expect God to still move on our behalf. In the next verse, Samuel compares disobedience to idolatry and to wickedness. It says in 1 Samuel 15:23, For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And he's saying this to Saul. The New King James Version says, For rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as the iniquity of idolatry. So why does Samuel use such strong language? He's comparing it to witchcraft. It's because when we disobey the Lord, we tell him, we know better than you. We tell him, my ways are higher than your ways. We're literally elevating ourselves and our own ways of doing things above God. But this goes against the nature of God. This goes against what the scripture says. Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But we have the gall, we have the nerve to tell God that we'd rather do our own thing than him. Even though he sees everything. He has all of time and all of creation in the palm of his hands. And we can't trust him. In our business, we can't trust him with our families. We can't trust him with our relationships. And what is that doing? That's putting things before God. The first commandment, what is it? Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. But when we do this, they become our new gods. 
these things that we put before him, they become our idols. But let's get back to this thing of sacrifice. So obedience is better than sacrifice. We can fast, we can pray all we want. But if we're not seeking out the instructions of the Lord, if we're not seeking to obey the direction that he gives us, then it's worth nothing. It's just empty actions. So what does this mean? If God desires obedience, then that means that we need to get down on our knees and seek out direction from him. If he desires obedience, then we need to get the instructions from the Lord in order to act them out. I have a question for you. Will the nation... Will the United States of America be changed? Will it be transformed by fasting? If all the Christians just decided, hey, we're not going to eat any food for this set period of time, is there going to be a change? I would say no. Not if we fast the way that many people treat fasting. Why? Because fasting isn't just about the sacrifice. Prayer is not just about Oh, I have to sacrifice this time for God. These actions are not about the sacrifice. They're about the obedience. Why do we fast? Why do we pray? To get closer to God. To hear from God. Because if we're just fasting as saying, Oh, God wants me to give up food for a week. Oh, God wants me to buffet my flesh for a week. It's not just about that. That might be part of it, but the focus of it is drawing near to God, is hearing his voice, is getting instructions from him. What have we been saying? What have I been saying? Obedience before sacrifice. Our currency is faith and obedience to Jesus Christ. If we turn to Isaiah chapter 58, Isaiah talks about true fasting. Verse 1, it says, Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion, and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways. As if they were a nation that does right, and has not forsaken the commandments of his God. They ask me for decisions, they seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say? And have you not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves? And have you not noticed? Israel is crying out, God, we've been fasting. We've been praying. But why have you not appeared to us? Why have you not noticed it? The scripture continues. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrels and strife. And in striking each other with wicked fists, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed? And for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? What is happening in this verse, body of Christ? Israel is asking the Lord, we've been fasting, we've been praying, we've been waiting for a change, but nothing has happened. Why are you not noticing our cries? And God is saying, because your actions are speaking louder than your words. On the day of your fasting, you claim to fast, you're giving up all these things, but on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. 
what does the verse say? Is fasting only for bowing one's head like a reed? And for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? See, this is not the kind of fasting that God wants. It's not about going through the motions. It's not just to bow our heads. The kind of fasting that God has chosen, it says to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer, and you will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. This is what God is saying to the United States. If we do these things, then change will come to America. It says in verse 9, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of the broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day. See, these are the instructions. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day honorable, if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land, and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And since it mentioned the Sabbath, what is the Sabbath? It's not just a day we go to the church. The Sabbath is about forsaking your work and focusing on doing the work of the Lord. And really, that's how we should be living each and every day. Jesus Christ himself, he said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear my Father say. See, in every action, he was led by the Lord. I want to take us back to verse 9 really quickly and just point out this section. Now, God says to the people of Israel, and he's talking even now to the body of Christ, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, now, body of Christ, we have to get rid of this concept, this persecution complex that the world is oppressing us. That's not the mindset that God has called us to live in. God has sent us to earth to be what? Salt and light. God has sent us to be a light in the darkness. The light scatters the darkness. The darkness does not oppress the light. Do you understand what I'm saying? The darkness does not enslave the light. The darkness does not hold the light back. What happens? The light turns on. The darkness scatters. And that's what we need to be. 
in our spheres of influence. We need to be the salt. We need to be the light. The other thing it says in this verse that we have to do away with the pointing finger and the malicious talk. That means that we need to stay away from hateful arguments, from hateful debates. We have to keep from getting riled up when we look at things around us. Because when we get riled up, when we start talking about these things, we can no longer operate in love. We can no longer be the influencers that God has called us to be because we're clouded by our opinions. We're clouded because we are arguing, but we don't win people. You can't win people through arguing, through debate. We win people through the love of Jesus Christ. It is the move of God that transforms. It doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter how well we can try and convince somebody of something. People will only change and things will only transform through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So I urge each and every one of you, let us not continue to do our own thing. When God calls us to seek him out, let us seek him out with full abandon. Because it's not. It's not about the sacrifice. It's about the obedience. If we would just listen to the Lord, if we would just allow him to take control of our lives, of every sector, make him the Lord of every area of our life. Just imagine, just imagine the things that we could do. So to bring us back to the question I posed earlier, what is going to transform this nation? And I asked it concerning fasting. And this is not to say that fasting is a bad thing, but fasting is complete when it's used in conjunction with willingness and obedience. So what is it that's going to transform this nation? The thing that's going to transform this nation is the body of Christ getting on their knees, seeking out the Lord and obeying his instructions. When he gives each and every one of us a directive and we carry it out, just imagine if all of us were to do that, if we were all to pray together and listen to the word of the Lord, each of us doing the task that he's given us, change would start to happen. Transformation would start to come. So I urge you, as you go about your day, just stop for a minute and ask God, what is it that you want me to do today? What can I do for you today? What would be pleasing to you, God? Before we go, let me pray with you. So dear Heavenly Father God, I pray that each and every one of these listeners, that they take to heart, Lord, these words, and that they would devote themselves to loving you, God, that they would devote themselves to hearing your voice and to living each and every day as a living sacrifice for you. I thank you, God, for the eyes, the blind eyes that are being opened. I thank you, God, for the ears that are receiving their hearing, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for healing, Lord, coming forth into their lives. I thank you, God, for healing of relationships, physical bodies, coming against illness, viruses, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you give each of them wisdom, Lord, in their finances, God, that they would not be led by their own spirit, by their own understanding, but you would show them new things, new inventions and concepts, Lord, so that they can go forth and be influencers 
in their respective areas, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for giving each and every one of them a fire that cannot be quenched, that cannot be put out, Lord, but that they would continue to seek you each and every day, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. If you were touched by this broadcast, give us a call. Our phone number is 210-396-7891. Again, that is 210-396-7891. We would love to hear from you. It's always encouraging when we hear from one of our listeners and to hear what this broadcast is doing, whether it's reaching, whether it's making a difference. Also, as I said before, you can visit our website, www.sogmi.org. And from there, you can learn any other information that you want to know about this ministry. You can learn about our church, Freedom Fellowship, and when we meet and where. You can listen to previous episodes of this broadcast. And you can even learn about Pastor Chris and Pastor Mike, how this ministry got started. Again, the website is www.sogmi.org. Feel free to check it out. And thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Until next time. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.